Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! I deleted 42,280-something emails today. How was your Monday? Welcome in. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Except not today. Most days, not today. And the ESPN MT app. I don't know if you're like me, but I... um, Well, first of all, this world we live in is crazy. Because I still think that email is such a primary form of communication, especially like for business. Most of you probably use email most primarily for work, which is cool. It's good. But then there's also uh, promotional emails, newsletters, all sorts of different stuff. (laughs) So I don't know if you're like me or not, but sometimes I just get so overwhelmed by it all that I just don't delete any of them and uh, I say sometimes and then I did it for like three and a half years and today I don't know why today was the day but I was doing a whole bunch of follow-up emails I was emailing a whole bunch of people both to set up uh, interviews for this show but also to get some sales stuff rolling we are here at the beginning of 2023 so trying to get the year all lined out trying to get some sponsors for all of our stuff when we go to Boise Idaho for the uh, Big Sky Conference tournament when we go to the NCAA tournament, when we, uh, I also had a realization, total tangent, but I also had a realization that I might get to cover a state high school basketball tournament this year for the first time in 10 years. How great would that be? The Big Sky Tournament usually, almost always, overlaps with the state tournament, so that's tough. And uh, this year, though, the Big Sky Tournament ends on March 8th, and so then the the state tournaments are uh, the following weekend, the 9th through the 12th. So we might actually be able to watch some of the best high school basketball uh, action out there. Anyways, I was going through all the emails, and I was like, you know what, dude? Like, this is ridiculous. I had, you know, on your phone, it tells you how many emails you got. And just on the out box on, my, on the, the little deal on your, on your uh, cell phone, 11,600. And then in the archives, another 42,000. <laughs> so I decided finally to go through... And uh, clear out as many as I possibly could. So if by chance you're out there and you get a random email from me uh, responding to an email you sent me some months or years ago, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm getting caught up. I'm vowing to never do that again. And uh, here we are. (laughs) 
Hope you had a great weekend. We had a great weekend. Um, you know, I've been uh, a, a little bit perplexed and uh, a little bit know, concerned is probably not the right word, but a little bit uh, disenfranchised with some of the uh, lack of enthusiasm about college basketball uh, in the big sky, but particularly uh, in Missoula. The crowds have been fine, but, the, you know, Anybody that has been around either Montana or Montana State, when the teams are really good and uh, the games are really good, there's just a certain buzz that comes with it. I mean, at its best, Dahlberg Arena is one of the great basketball arenas in the country. I really think that. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's Kansas or Kentucky or Duke, but it's a heck of a lot better than most places. And you know, I've been to games throughout the West United States, and I mean... Heck, Edmondson Pavilion, uh, where the University of Washington plays. Uh, the Kennel, Gonzaga. I mean, those are the only ones I've ever really been to that are like definitively, absolutely no question, way better than what we got here uh, in the Treasure State. And the crowds have been fine this year, but certainly not up to what they were uh, even a short time ago. I think part of that is because both the Montana basketball teams are sort of stuck right in the middle of the league, and we'll see where they go from here. They got swept this weekend by Montana State. That aside, though, I thought Missoula showed out. I thought the atmospheres for both games were great. I thought the women's game was great. I thought the men's game was elite. I thought it was as good as it's been. I mean, in terms of atmosphere, environment, and the buzz in the arena, the way it made you feel, I thought that Saturday night at Dahlberg Arena was the best basketball game that I've been to in terms of that element since before the pandemic. That's a long time. I mean, yeah, especially if you're like me and you're going to college basketball games every Thursday and Saturday night for four months straight to have the best turnout and show and showing that we've had in that amount of time. Certainly, it made it made me happy and and made me feel good. So that's what we're going to do today for the first hour. It's the Montana Basketball Hour. We will go through all of the weekend that was both at the college and high school levels for teams from across the state of Montana. The Bobcat women came to Missoula, posted a 72-63 victory over the Lady Grizz. The Montana State men came to Missoula and posted a 67-64 win uh, over the Grizzlies. Uh, So the first sweep by Montana State in Missoula since 2010. We'll take you through the game, give you analysis on both uh, the women's and the men's games. We will hear from Darian White, Cola Badbear, Trisha Binford, all of Montana State's women's team. Brian Holsinger from the Lady Grizz basketball team. And then we'll hear from Darius Brown, Danny Sprinkle, Jabril Bello from the Montana State men's basketball team, and Anand Moody and Travis Takir from the Grizz men's basketball team. We'll also give you scores from around the high school ranks. And we'll also talk about the latest round of signees in the football world. Five transfers signed with the Grizz last week. Four transfers signed with the Cats last week. Give you the latest update. On the who's who there. And hour number two, we got the Monday afternoon quarterback. Usually Marty Morningweg, more than a quarter century in the National Football League as a coach. He usually joins us the second hour of every Monday show. But Marty's on his way back from Tokyo. Coach was uh, over there for the, uh, uh, the Dream Bowl featuring Columbia, where his son Skyler coaches. And... Uh, 
He sent me a bunch of pics. I haven't corresponded with him other than just the pictures that he sent. Looked like he had a great time, and I, I, I'm not sure. I guess that we'll call this a game-time decision. I have not heard from Coach Marty. When he left, he was just dead set, surefire that he was going to come in because he said his plane was landing at 345 so he could easily get here by 5 o'clock. And I was like, Coach, you're going to be coming off like a 10-hour flight. It's all good, man. You can go home. You can rest. It's cool. He's all be here. I'll be here. So uh, if he shows up, awesome. And if he doesn't show up, that's fine too. Uh, we have now the final four set in the NFL playoff. And, uh, man, I feel right. <laughs> that's what I got to say. I feel right about what I thought was going to happen. Uh, earlier in the year, uh, I proclaimed that I thought it would be Kansas City versus Cincinnati uh, for the AFC Championship. And I thought it was going to be the 49ers versus the Eagles in the NFC, and that's exactly what it is. We got it on the record here on ESPN Radio, and I also got it on the betting tickets, which is even better for my pocketbook. So we'll take you through the uh, divisional round of the playoffs, take a look at uh, the AFC and the NFC championships and uh, talk our way all the way around the National Football League. Before we talk... Kakris Hoops, breaking news from the Grizz football team. This uh, email just came across my um, email thread from Montana Sports Information. Montana defensive coordinator and linebackers coach Kent Bear and defensive line coach Barry Sachs have each stepped down from the Grizz football coaching staff. I had been hearing uh, of these two moves, and... Uh, not surprising. It says they've stepped down. It does not officially confirm their retirement. But, I mean, I would imagine that both these guys are likely done coaching football. Uh, from Bobby Houck, Montana head coach, he says, both Coach Bear and Coach Sachs have done a tremendous job coaching here at Montana. We're sad for them to step away from the game, but also pleased they're getting to do what they want and need to do. They're both great men and great mentors to the young people on our team. It will be hard to replace two veteran coaches with so much knowledge, and it will be even more difficult to replace good friends and colleagues on our staff. Bear, what an unbelievable career. 50, count them, 50 years coaching college football. Crazy. Coach Sachs, he wasn't too far behind. 42 years coaching college football. So uh, to say a wealth of information now needs to be replaced, a wealth of experience uh, that's big time. So uh, the release also says their replacements will be uh, pending, um, and uh, we'll have an announcement there. There's also a bunch of other stuff in the works in terms of Grizz coaching staff reshufflings. But uh, for now, that's the news of the day. Defensive coordinator Kent Bear and defensive line coach Barry Sachs uh, stepped out as coaches at Montana, and I would say almost certainly – uh, on their way to retirement. If, in fact, that is true, they are retiring. Uh, congratulations to both those guys on, on great careers. Uh, it's funny because Bobby Houck has had a no uh, assistant interview policy. We have sort of gotten uh, around that. We've circumvented that a little bit. They have been kind enough to give us some of the assistance sometimes to be here on this radio show. Unfortunately, we never had Coach Sachs or Coach Bear on the show. Coach Sachs, a ball of energy and uh, a hilarious guy. And Coach Bear, 
uh, awesome stories. So I'll make you a promise here. If you're a Grizz football follower, I will certainly reach out to both those guys, and I'll do my best to maybe get them uh, to sit down with me and uh, talk about uh, what what have been uh, unbelievably long and uh, successful careers. Let's dive in, though, to the Montana Basketball Hour. By the way, uh, the Montana Basketball Hour, Monday afternoon quarterback. That's your show outlook presented by Britt Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in western Montana, uh, give Brent and his team a call today. You can always stream Nuanas now either on the ESPN MT app or by going to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, and you'll find the stream. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, you got questions, comments, concerns, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Well, I guess will join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. You can call and or text the Rangage Brothers RV phone line uh, anytime, 406-888-1029. Montana Basketball Hours presented by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot for all of their continued works with us. we got some fun stuff coming up, so stay tuned for that. We'll be letting you know about that here uh, shortly. Blackfoot Communications has been serving Montana homes for more than six decades providing communities with new and better ways to communicate and connect to a changing world. With this, ex- with their expanding high-capacity fiber network and innovative voice solutions, Blackfoot, Blackfoot's customers have access to the latest technologies backed by 24-7 technical support. To learn more about how Blackfoot can provide the right services for your business, visit goblackfoot.com. Montana State women, 72-63 over the Lady Grizz. Montana State men, 67-64. The first sweep for the Cats in Missoula since February of 2010. And just the third sweep ever uh, in this rivalry. The other two came uh, in January of 1999 when the MSU men won 87-74 and the women won 65-49. That was the year that the Grizz were playing at Sentinel High School uh, as Dahlberg Arena was getting renovated. And then uh, the other time the Cats came to Missoula and swept, came in 1977. But a caveat as well there, uh, the women won outright, the Bobcat women won outright for the uh, first time ever against the Lady Grizz, 80-61. to The MSU men actually lost that game 79-66, but it's considered a sweep because UM had to forfeit that game because of NCAA violations. So, in terms of the times that the result has gone in Montana State's favor on the court, it's only happened three times, 1999, 2010, and Saturday. So certainly uh, historic. Montana State now is closing in on their seventh straight all-sports brawl of the Wild Trophy. That's the competition between Montana and Montana State where they uh, have individual points for each rivalry game or match, or meet, or whatever it might be. And uh, currently, the uh, the Bobcats lead that series 5-2. to two. You need nine points to clinch it outright. But I, uh, I, I mean this in all kindness and not speculatively, but the, the part of the rivalry between the Cats and the Grizz where Montana State is whomping Montana the worst is in track and field. And so... I'm sort of just assuming that the Bobcats are going to sweep uh, all four points for indoor and outdoor track and field on the men's and women's side. And uh, 
That will then give them officially their seventh consecutive Brawl of the Wild trophy. But as of right now, they're in firm control. In terms of what this means for the scope of the rivalry, the MSU women have now won 8 out of 9 and 11 out of the last 13. The Montana State men, 2 out of 3, which is notable because they lost 20 out of 22. And that was MSU's first win in Missoula uh, since 2010. So uh, 11 straight losses for the Bobcats in Missoula until they won on Saturday night in men's hoops. And uh, here's the way that the rest of the docket in terms of the Brawl of the Wild trophy has gone. MSU's won five out of six in football. They've won four in a row in track and field, and they've won eight in a row in men's track and Four in a row in women's track and field, eight in a row in men's track and field. We're going to come back to uh, those games as well as uh, some sound from subjects that participated in the games. But let's look at our Stockman Bank scoreboard. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Uh, first around the Big Sky Conference, Sac State. This is women's basketball first and foremost. Ladies first. Women's basketball uh, around the Big Sky. Sac State moved to 6-1 and one in league play with a 70-44 to 44 decimation of Weaver State. Portland State. Beats Idaho State 48-47. And don't look now, but Portland State, a team that went 0-20 last year in Big Sky Conference play, I believe they were actually the first team ever to go winless in the 20-game Big Sky format. They are now 4-3 in league play, which, don't look now, but is a better record than Montana, Idaho State, and Idaho. So Portland State has certainly turned a corner, uh, efforting Chelsea Gregg. The head coach of the Portland State women's basketball team. I'll talk to her tomorrow. We'll play that interview for you, uh, at least a part of it, on Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath on Wednesday. And we'll have the full interview on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast on SkylineSportsMT.com a little later on this week. A couple more women's Big Sky scores. Eastern Washington, one of the hottest teams in the league. They went nuts offensively again. They beat Northern Arizona 96-88. Jody Gleason in her second season... Uh, she's got the Eagles getting up and down and scoring a bunch of points, so they are certainly a team to keep an eye on. And then Northern Colorado, they beat Idaho 63-58. So Northern Colorado has been the most up-and-down team in the big sky. And I say that because there's been a couple of teams that haven't been up really at all, one of them being the Idaho Vandals. They had a sweep of the Montana schools to start conference play, and they've lost six in a row since then. Northern Colorado's been up and down. I mean, they've, they've won a few games. They beat NAU. They beat Idaho. They've also, I mean, here's how up and down NAU, or excuse me, Northern Colorado's been. They scored 36 points on Thursday <laughs> against Eastern Washington, and then they beat Idaho on Saturday. So uh, that's what you get when you have a team that has nine freshmen on it. Stockman Bank scoreboard. How about some men's Big Sky scores? Eastern Washington, they remain undefeated in Big Sky Conference play. 79-76, they defeat Northern Arizona. Northern Colorado gets a breakthrough win, 73-67 over Idaho. Portland State gets past Idaho State, 72-65. And Dylan Jones scores just before the buzzer to lift Weber State to a 50-48 victory over Sacramento State. Right now, about the only things we know in Big Sky Conference men's hoops is that Eastern Washington's running it. They have uh, an undefeated record. It's the best start in Big Sky play in Eastern's school's history. And the Cats seem like they're coming into their own. Uh, they moved to 6-2 and two with their win over the Grizzlies. I can tell you for sure that Eastern Washington and Montana State are good. 
I have no idea about the rest of the league. Sometimes Weber has looked good. Sometimes uh, Sac State has looked good. Sometimes Idaho State has looked good. But when they were here in Missoula, they did not look good at all. Uh, Idaho has two of the best players in the league, but they're toward the bottom of the league standings. Northern Colorado has two of the best players in the league. They're towards the bottom of the league standings. Portland State has been up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, NAU's in last place, but they beat the Grizz. And then there's the Grizz, who we'll get to in, in a little bit. But the Grizz have had one possession games in pretty much every single one of their conference losses. But sometimes your record doesn't lie. They're 3-5 and five in league play. I mean, close, but no cigar doesn't get you anywhere when it comes to sports. you got to get the cigar. you got to get the win. Uh, so certainly uh, the men's league something we can hash out a little bit more throughout the rest of this week. Uh, but the only real clarity we have is it's Eastern Washington in a tier atop the league all by itself. Montana State is the number two right by themselves there. And then everybody else, I can't seem to find much delineation between any of the other teams in the big sky. I think that they are all sort of stuck uh, in mediocrity or stuck trying to find their footing uh, so we'll hash that out maybe a little bit later on here in this show or uh, maybe a little bit later on in uh, this week. The Montana Basketball Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. How about Stockman Bank scoreboard? High school style. We'll go through these as quickly as we can uh, before we take a break. Uh, first, we'll start with boys hoops from around the state of Montana. Bozeman Gallatin beat CMR 47-37. These are Saturday scores. Uh, Bozeman Gallatin, 47. Great Falls CMR, 37. Eli Hunter had 20 points for uh, Bozeman Gallatin, who's now 5-1 and one in Eastern AA play and 7-2 and two overall. Billings West defeated Billings Central. That's number one in AA versus number three in A. The, the, uh, the Billings Central Rams gave the Golden Bears a good run, though. Uh, but West wins 47-38. Mitchell Fogelson, Fogelsong, excuse me, Mitchell Fogelsong scored 15 points for Billings West. Uh, and then Bozeman, they defeated Great Falls High, 59-44. Kellison, Kellen Harrison led the Hawks with 14 points. And Luke Smith, a Montana State football commit, uh, he added 12 points for Bozeman. In Class A, Dylan drilled Anaconda. Trayton Graham had 13 points uh, to lead the Beavers. Uh, they're now 8-4. and four. That's a Class A versus a Class B. Number one, Lewistown, they had a nine-game winning streak going into their matchup against Lockwood. By the way, Lockwood... A relatively new high school, but Lockwood's been great. Uh, they're having a, a good year. They, they, I think they're seven and three, but uh, and they almost beat the number one team in the state. But instead, Lewistown pulls out a 45-43 victory. They were down by six points entering the fourth quarter, uh, but Royce Robinson scored 19 points, and Lewistown, the number one team in Class A, they remain undefeated. Glendive beat Glasgow 55-38. Browning beat Whitefish 65-40. Missoula Loyola, the number one team in Class B, they suffer their first loss, but it's not a Class B loss. It comes at the hands of Columbia Falls, and the Wildcats are the number five team in Class A this week. Columbia Falls beats Loyola 75 or 72, excuse me, 65, and uh, the first loss in 12 outings uh, for the Rams. Noah Hafey led Loyola with 23 points, while Rafe Konzen chips in 16 points. Uh, other Class A scores, the uh, Wilson brothers of Polson, they go nuts. They lead Polson to a 71-59 victory. Jarrett Wilson had 34 points, and Trent Wilson had 16 points. So good win by Polson 
they had a great football season, and they were off to a 4-1 and starting conference play. That's certainly one of the better teams in Class A. Laurel beat Livingston 70-41. to Butte Central, the number two team in Class A, they outlast number four, Hamilton, 62-51. to The Maroons now 7-0 in conference play, 10-1 overall. And Dougie Peoples continues to fill it up. One of the state's leading scorers for Butte Central, he had 28 points on Saturday. Uh, Eli Taylor scored 15 points to lead Hamilton. East Helena, they beat Frenchtown 54-50. Coulter Charlesworth scored 20 points uh, to lead East Helena. And uh, Connor Machat had 14 points to lead Frenchtown. In Class B, Big Fork remains one of the top teams in the state after they drilled St. Ignatius 63-30. Fairfield beats Belt 59-56. That's the Class B Eagles rolling past the uh, Class C Huskies. I shouldn't say rolling. It was a three-point game. Uh, But Belt, uh, only two losses so far this year, and one of them playing up to, to the Class B level. So that was a good one. Number five, Wolf Point beat Malta, who's number 10, 66 to 51. Julian Benson had 27 points to lead Wolf Point. Baker outlasts St. LeBray, 64 63. Poplar doubles up and then sub 107 to 50 over Harlem. Delray Lilly, 47 points. Number one scoring mark in the state of Montana so far this year. 47 points from Delray Lilly. Unbelievable. Lame Deer upsets number seven, Red Lodge, 66-61. Joliet upsets number six, Huntley Project, 58-45. Roundup beats Colstrip, 67-40. And Big Fork beats Big Timber, 45-33. Stockman Bank scoreboard uh, here on Nuanas now. Uh, a couple other Class C scores. Numbers nine, Chester Joplin Inverness went down 54-48 to Turner. Luster Christian remained number one overall, and they are 13-0 this season after beating... Colbertson, 74-45. Number two, Harleton Rygate, Judith Gap, got blown out by Melstone, 59-32. Bryce Greeby, future Montana State Bobcat, had 22 points. And number eight, Darby, beats Drummond, 53-52. In girls' hoops, Stockman Bank scoreboard, Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Number three, Bozeman Gallatin, beats Great Falls CMR, 69-47. Number two, Billings West, Destroys Crosstown rival Billing Senior 63-31. In Class A girls hoops, number four, Laurel beats up on Livingston 70-24. Lockwood beats up on Lewistown 69-58. Hamilton more than doubles up Butte Central 71-28. Eight different Hamilton players scored, led by Taryn Seals at 20 points. Glendive gets past Glasgow 40-32. Number three, Browning. Goes nuts against Whitefish, 45-18. Polson beats Libby, 39-27. And Frenchtown beats East Helena, 69-30. Uh, the other games worth noting, the Columbia Falls girls beat Missoula Loyola, 61-59 in overtime. Gio Horner, who's been lighting it up for the Heartbreakers, she had 26 points, but not quite enough for Columbia Falls. Uh, your top class B scores, number two, Huntley Project. No problem against Joliet, 58-43. Number four, Baker, 94, St. LeBray, 11. Wow. Uh, a cool 83-point victory for Baker over St. LeBray. Uh, Big Fork looks unbeatable in girls' basketball. They are unbelievably talented. Braden Gunlock's 27 points leads uh, the Vikings to a 68-31 victory over St. Ignatius. And number five, Big Timber, 67, three forks, 44. So we'll keep talking high school hoops 
uh, in upcoming days and weeks. Uh, but appreciate uh, all of the collectors of those scores for helping us compile those. And uh, congratulations to all the great high school athletes out there uh, for their great performances on the hardwood this last week. Three big things about the women's rivalry game. Three big things about the men's rivalry game. Plus a whole bunch of sound bites from the primary subjects involved this last weekend. The Montana Basketball Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications, rolls on. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. Montana Television. Now, happy Monday. ESPN Radio and the ESPN MT app back on the tube tomorrow. But no SWX Montana TV today or any Monday until the end of February. They got some hoops action uh, on the uh, the television screen. I'm Coulter Nuanez coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. I uh, love that all you guys love all the music talk we do around here. I was... Uh, Working on all of our uh, rivalry game coverage from over the weekend. Montana State gets their first sweep in Missoula since 2010 on the hardwood. And I was editing and naming some photos and editing a whole bunch of sound bites and all sorts of different stuff on Saturday night. And uh, had a couple longtime loyal listeners come over. I was just at a uh, place right down the way from my house. And they said that they love the music. And that uh, they've been doing some some fresh tunes Fridays uh, themselves and sharing music with each other. And so love the feedback. Thanks for always telling me that kind of stuff. I appreciate those guys for coming and saying hi. Montana Basketball Hour continues. It's, com- uh, it's presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, the official digital sponsor of both Grizz and Bobcat Athletics. They're also the exclusive, exclusive sponsor of the Inside the Den podcast, hosted by Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz one of our contributing uh, content makers around here. And Blackfoot also one of the presenting sponsors of Soccer in Snow and Smoke, a uh, soccer podcast about the beautiful game produced uh, by Andrew Houghton, our producer here, and uh, also contributing podcaster and contributing writer, both at ESPN Montana as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. So I appreciate Blackfoot for being involved in everything that they're involved in with us. Three big things. How about three big things about the women's game? Montana State, a 72-63 victory over the Lady Grizz. Bobcat women have now won 8 out of 9 and 11 out of 13 in the rivalry. The Lady Grizz have only won twice since Robin Selvig retired after winning 
78 out of 88 under Coach Selvig. Unbelievable the way uh, the tide has turned in the uh, Montana State side, uh, to Montana State's favor uh, in the Cackers rivalry in, in women's hoops. The first big thing about the women's game, I was, I was almost startled by how uh, deliberate and sharp and systematic the Bobcats dispatching the Lady Grizz seemed. It was a back-and-forth first half. The Bobcats went to the locker room only up two, uh, but they were never flustered, even despite the momentum runs and the fact that the Lady Grizz had a couple freshmen in Libby Stump and Matt Koning that were absolutely shooting the lights out. Uh, those two young ladies combined to hit eight three-pointers between the two of them. Stump scored 21 points and Koning scored 20, but that didn't matter because Montana State completely flustered Montana's seniors. They held Carmen G. Feller to only four points, the Lady Grizz leading scorer. G. Feller and fellow seniors Sammy Fatkin and uh, Gina Markson, which, by the way, I got a note, and I, I know this is true. Sometimes the eligibility is so confusing. Gina Markson is actually a junior because she has the opportunity to come back because one of the years that she played at Idaho didn't count because it was one of the COVID years. So Markson, I was thinking of her as a senior because this is her fourth year of college basketball, but she has, actually has the opportunity to maybe come back. G. Feller actually might have another year or two if she'd like, Fatkin has been in college for my whole life, I think. So I don't think she has another year. But I'm considering the seniors, let's just say the Lady Grizz fourth-year players, Sammy Fatkin, Carmen G. Feller, and uh, Gina Markson, they combined to go 4 of 22 from the floor and had 11 of Montana's 18 turnovers. But that's the thing that was so striking. The Lady Grizz did not make a field goal until uh, the final minute of the third quarter as far as after halftime. And uh, Montana State, they never panicked. And once they got up, uh, every time the Lady Grizz tried to make a run, every time they tried to be a spark of the Dahlberg Arena magic, Montana State just said, not so fast. This is a business trip. We're here to take care of business. And that's exactly what they did. I thought that the most striking part was just how unflappable and how composed the Montana State women were uh, in their victory. Second big thing about the Grizz game, Montana State seniors, Darian White, Cola Badbear, and Madison Jackson, they absolutely played their best. Darian White had one of her best games of the year. She scored 22 points. She was unstoppable getting into the paint and then facilitating her floater, uh, which has become her trademark shot. Uh, she was uh, money with it all game long, and uh, she just was the, the captain you'd expect her to be. Badbear who's played limited minutes uh, this year. I shouldn't say limited, but maybe a reduced load of minutes this year. She looked great as well. She had 13 points and seven rebounds, and she spearheaded the defensive effort on G. Feller. Here's a couple minutes of sound from Darian White, Cola Badbear, and Montana State 18th-year head coach Trisha Benford. This is definitely one of our most challenging games throughout the season, and uh, we prepared pretty well, I would say, over the week, you know, just trying to um, tell everybody what to expect. You know, we know this arena is challenging to play in. Uh, there's a very loud crowd, and so we tried to prepare for, you know, all of those things that we were going to have to face, and I feel like we were very well prepared for it. I think in an atmosphere like this, you know, playing uh, together as a team and staying relaxed, staying composed is a, a huge thing that I think we did very well tonight. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously we knew she was one of the highest scorers in the league and just to make sure we're staying active. And she's a physical player, so we were able to be physical back, you know, because sometimes we don't really get that leeway. Um, but I think we're just focusing on, like, staying together as a group and a post group especially because that was, like, our job, and I thought we executed that pretty well. Great composure. Um, you know, the pregame speech was about, you know, what do you want the headline to be tomorrow, regardless of stat line, right? Like, 
your ability to stay together, your ability to respond. There's going to be momentum swings. There's going to be loud moments. There's going to be quiet moments. Um, what we can control in those situations. And I felt like they did a great job. That was one of the most um, composed teams in Dahlberg that I have coached. And we've had a lot of um, good teams over the years. And I, th- I felt like we responded um, every time. And we could not stop the three ball today, but we were able to find ways um, uh, of getting in the situation that we yeah I thought we there was a lot of lessons learned last year uh, the Grizz um, really got us here last year you know the the year prior was COVID and so it just was a very different experience in Dahlberg when there's fans compared to not having fans and um, I thought we were just a little bit more prepared with you know it was going to be a lot louder what is gonna, communication going to look like um, we really try to simplify our call list in the first half because um, they weren't going to be able to hear us and let the let the players let Darian and Grace call those things and give them the, the ownership with that. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, that was a lot of growth for us. Letting the players control and dictate the action. It's crazy that that's a novel concept at this day and age in college sports. It's my biggest gripe with college sports across the board, but particularly college basketball and college football. Overcoaching. That's why I love the way that Trisha Bidford goes around, goes about her business. If you watched that game on Saturday, she hardly ever raises her voice. She hardly ever even stands up. She lets the players do it because she has one of the best point guards in the league who's a four-year starter and has started what? I mean, how many games has Darian White started now? 120-plus, I guarantee it. So uh, refreshing to hear uh, Coach Binford's thoughts and uh, on empowering her players. The third big thing about the women's uh, game a 72-63 victory by Montana State over Montana. This is the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. But I think that the thing that... Uh, what am I trying to say? The I think that there's a perception that if you get... All, uh, this is the thing that drives me the most crazy about basketball in general, and this is something that trickles down from the NBA all the way through college basketball, and it's especially uh, prevalent in the in the men's game and in the Big Sky Conference in men's hoops. Basketball, at its best, is so sweet when it's not just about getting all the most talented players. You have to get different types of players that can do different things well. Getting a whole bunch of guys who can score the ball is not the way to build a good basketball team. It's not NBA Live. You, you can't just, like, roll out a superstar starting lineup, you have to have your scores and your ball handlers and your defensive players and your rebounders. And, and, you know, having versatile players that can do a bunch of stuff is a good thing. But I think that uh, the thing that drives me so crazy is that it's not just about talent. You have to have roster construction. You have to have a hierarchy and you also have to have chemistry. Well, I thought that the women's game was a perfect example of what happens when you have talent, cohesion, and chemistry on one side, that's Montana State. And then you see on the Lady Grizz side. The Lady Grizz do not have a talent issue. The Lady Grizz have great talent. In fact, the Lady Grizz might be the most talented team in the league. Montana State has an argument there for sure. But you're talking about those headliner veterans like Facken and G. Feller and Markson. But they also have two of the best players, two of the best young players in the league in Matt Koning and Libby Stump, who both showed that on Saturday with their explosive efforts. But you see... The difference between the two teams, it comes down to continuity, chemistry, 
being on the same page, having a common sense of belief, confidence, and coaching. Those are the things that are divide, that are separating Montana and Montana State uh, in women's basketball right now. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hear from Brian Holsinger, the head coach of the Lady Grizz, a couple minutes. Then we'll take a break, and we'll come back and give you three big things about the men's game. Here's Brian Holsinger, Lady Grizz head coach, on Nuanas now following his team's 72-63 loss to Montana State in Missoula on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you're looking at the first quarter right here to my left. Um, they were obviously really good in the first quarter that brought us back. Um, that was a big moment. Uh, third quarter, I don't know, like I told the people after the game, whatever I said at halftime, I probably won't say that again. Um, I, we, did, we just came out in a really interesting funk. You know, it's I, I, to Carmen's credit, it's really hard to sit that long. It's really hard. Um, and so I want to I want to give her a little bit of a break. You sit, you get two fouls that early, you sit the entire first half um, not ideal for our team but really tough to come back in the third quarter and find her rhythm it just was really hard we couldn't get the ball to her in the spots we wanted you got to give you got to give them credit uh, for playing really tough on her and making it hard uh, to be honest and she could never really get in a rhythm offensively obviously um, we didn't get her the look she wanted and then you know you start like any player you start missing a few shots you start doubting yourself and and so uh, we just didn't come out playing the right way in the third quarter and that was that, that ultimately that was the that was the difference in the game. What do you think of the way your team just handled the, the environment, the atmosphere today? Yeah. These guys, great. <laughs> um, they just played right without fear. Uh, there was a weird thing, you know. They they like to switch and they like to pack things in and they help uh, ball side. And we our, our game plan was to uh, to really get rid of the ball quickly. And we held on to the ball too long uh, for whatever reason. I it's not it's not something we practiced all week, uh, so the, that message didn't get across like I wanted it. Uh, and so you know you had ten turnovers by two two kids that are really experienced and did the, the right things all week. And like I said. I think a part of it for for Carmen for sure was just in foul trouble and just not trying to overdo it. I think a little bit in the second half instead of just taking what the defense gives you, and that's the, that's what these two did is they just kind of took what the defense gave them, and whether it's drive it and finish it or drive it, kick it, and shoot it, uh, you got to be you can't be a reluctant shooter against teams that want to help like they do. And we had a few people that were a little reluctant today. Was the game plan to get these two as involved in the offense as they were? Or Yeah, it's always the plan. I mean, if I always talk about playing the right way. Um, and the people who didn't play well didn't play the way we wanted them to play, and that's without fear and just ready to knock it down, you know. And Sammy came to me one time and said, I feel like nothing's there. I'm like, well, because you're not willing to catch and shoot the ball. So you have to be willing to, they're playing you for the drive every single time. And you're a good shooter. Catch and shoot and be, be aggressive. And for whatever reason, she didn't tonight. Um, and it's one game. Uh, she's got she's to play the right way. And she knows that. She knows that. She's, she's as frustrated as anybody. And so, you know, we, we got to do a better job. And this is, we have too talented of a team. Uh, we're going to go back to the drawing board and we're going to figure out how to be better. Uh, we got to be better and we haven't played we haven't played how we're capable of I think that's the most striking part that's the point I'm trying to make the Lady Grizz have not played how they're capable of I mean they're four and five at home including two and five against division one opponents they're now four and four in the league they've shown flashes I mean the fourth quarter at Idaho State last Saturday they looked great and then they completely lay an egg against Eastern Washington, give up 50 first-half points, give up 33 points to J.D. Martin alone, and get blown out last Monday, 87-60 to on their home court. 
leading into the rivalry game. And, I mean, you can say, okay, a nine-point final margin of victory, but after halftime, Montana State completely and utterly controlled this game. The Lady Grizz were never able to mount a run. Their best players were visibly frustrated and flustered in the rivalry. And uh, a lot of growing pains right now uh, under second-year head coach Brian Holsinger, who you just heard from here on Nuanas Now. Three big things about the men's game. Next, we'll hear from Danny Sprinkle, Darius Brown, Jabril Bello, Anand Moody, and Travis Takiri. Jam-packed last segment here on the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Back after this, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. When I was in sixth grade, I wanted the Matchbox 20 debut album for Christmas so bad. And at the time, my parents, especially my mom, thought that uh, that was a, a quote-unquote racy album. It was it was very, you know, I don't know, maybe inappropriate for a 12-year-old. <laughs> oh, man. My parents, awesome. Gotta love it. Always caring. If you only would have known, right, Ma, what we would be listening to now, or even throughout our entire high school and college lives. <laughs> I digress. Welcome back. Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications has been serving Montana homes for more than six decades, providing communities with new and better ways to communicate and connect in an ever-changing world. To learn more about how Blackfoot can provide the right services for your business, visit Go Blackfoot. Dot com. Three big things from the men's rivalry game. Montana State pulls out a 67-64 victory. It was not without controversy. Raekwon Battle drew a foul with 39 seconds to go. Every single person that roots for the Grizz on Twitter thought it was not a foul. Everybody that roots for the Cats thought it was. <laughs> so goes the world of bias analysis. Uh, I thought it was a, a borderline foul call uh, for sure. But I also think you just don't put yourself in that situation if you're the Grizz. And I also think if it comes down to one deal, one play, one uh, call, you already lost the game. But I digress. Three big things about the men's game, which in fact was Montana State's first win in Missoula since 2010, snapping an 11-game losing streak at Delbert Arena. The first big thing, that's a landmark win for Danny Sprinkle. The only thing within the confines of the Big Sky Conference that has eluded Montana State's fourth-year head coach was a win in Missoula. He snapped the long losing streak to the cat or to the Grizz, excuse me, by beating them in Bozeman last year. He led Montana State to their first regular season Big Sky title in 20 years last year, and he led the Bobcats to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 26 years. The only thing that he needed left to accomplish was a win in Missoula. Here is Coach Sprinkle on getting his first win in Missoula. It's meaningful because it's a it's one of the best rivalries in the country, and it's meaningful because of what our players did. You know, I think the way the game unfolded, it was perfect. You know, for them to come back, make a big three, and place is going crazy. You know, one of the loudest environments in the West, and our guys kept responding. They make a three, we got a three point play. We get Darius got steals. Like we made we made the plays when we had to make the plays in that second half. 
not just physical toughness because you got to be like it's always a physical game when you play Montana and uh, you know probably more so than any other team in the league and uh, especially here and uh, I thought our guys did a tremendous job but I thought you know we've been talking a lot about mental toughness you know the last like two three weeks and I thought I thought today was probably the most mentally tough that our team's been this year because we're we've been in situations like this this year you know and played in environments at Arizona uh, at Grand Canyon you know and we didn't we didn't get it done in those games and uh you know our guys learned from those experiences and and uh you know just proud of the way they played and competed it's awesome you know it's uh it's so much it's not about me you know, I mean, I'm happy for, you know, Bobcat Nation. I'm happy for, you know, guys in our community that poured into our basketball program and former players, you know, like they've been itching for this, you know, and uh, and for this group to, you know, I know they made them proud, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about those guys in the locker room. And uh, me and the assistants, we didn't make any passes or shots or free throws or get fouled on a three and step up and make three free throws or get that big stop at the end. Dave Sprinkle here on Nuanas Now. Saying a big thing about the men's game, a 67-64 Montana State win over Montana. The pregame narrative was about the Bobcats' advantage in the front court. They're led by Jabril Bello, the reigning Big Sky Conference MVP. And uh, they also have a couple other talented guys, specifically Great Osabar, who actually made the start on Saturday. He's usually, usually Bello's backup, giving uh, the Bobcats the best two-headed monster at center in the league. But uh, the Bobcats went big. But really, the advantage in this game came in the backcourt. Darius Brown was the player of the game in this game, in my opinion. He had 23 points. Raekwon Battle was excellent for Montana State as well, and uh, they did a good job as well, not letting On and Moody get going until the second half. Uh, he struggled in the first half. He did get cooking a little bit in the second half, but either way, uh, I thought both backcourts played pretty well because Moody did turn it on late to keep this game close. Brandon Whitney played well again, but Darius Brown, Raekwon Battle get the upper hand in the backcourt battle. Here is a couple minutes from Darius Brown and Jabril Bello following Montana State's 67-64 victory over Montana in Missoula. Darius, it's a tough place to close out a game. And it was back and forth. They tied it like a million times. How are you guys able to actually close it out? A lot of resilience. I'm, I'm so proud of this team. It, it was it was tough. It was tough, especially in this environment. But that's what our non-conference schedule was for. We played we played in a lot of tough environments, like GCU, at Arizona, like a lot of tough environments to prepare us for a game like this. And we just stuck together as a team and made sure that we just 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 rode it out together. I'm I'm really proud of this team. It, it's stuff that we talk about and work on in practice all the time. Literally during practices, we we talk about this all the time. There's going to be that one time where we're going to need one stop. There's going to be a time where we're going to need one bucket. We we prepare for these times in practice, and it paid off. All the composure, just never panic. That's that's literally, and that's what I like to consider my job. Like to make sure that I'm at least the most composed, and make sure that the team is composed to not not lose control when stuff goes bad. Because when they took that lead, uh, they went up by three with about a minute and a half. That was. That was the moment that we were like, okay, this is we worked on this. We're we're ready for this. No, it it really feels good, like you know, because considering this is my last year, and it was like a farewell, you know, kind of thing. Even though we see them again, but I really like, I'm really happy about for for this team and myself and our coaches uh, to go out this win, this tough win. Jabril Bello and. Darius Brown here on Nuan is now the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Third big thing about the men's game, rivalry aside, the Grizz home court advantage is still tremendous. I thought the fans showed out and really buoyed the uh, Montana men's basketball team. I thought a couple of the newcomers to the rivalry, 
Anamudi and Deshaun Thomas, a couple transfers playing in the rivalry for the first time. They both played pretty well. But at the end of the day, the Cats are just better. The Cats just have better players. They have better talent. They're deeper. And uh, they're a true conference contender, and I think they have a championship attitude. The Grizz had that for so long. And I don't know what happened to it, but they have to figure out a way to get it back. Right now, the Grizz are a fine Big Sky Conference team in a year that the league is not very good. That's not a great formula, and right now they're sitting at 3-5 and five in conference play. And they're going on the road this week to Sac State and Portland State. So they got to find a way to, I mean, it, they have to win one of these games this weekend, if not both of them, if they want to stay in the mix as a contender. Here's Arnon Moody and Travis DeCure on what has Montana still searching. Uh, the deciding factor is the same thing that has been the last couple losses that we've taken like this, uh, just beating ourselves. Um, we just find a way to, to just not do what we're supposed to do, and just we end up beating ourselves and um, just playing out of character um, outside the other 18 minutes of that half. Um, and I think that's what that's what it was. Even before he hit that three, I feel like we had the momentum. And, you know, you heard the place that just erupted after he hit that three. Um, and it just felt like this was going to be different, that this game was going to be different. And inside of my head, I could almost visualize what it felt like to win this. And, um, you know, we just always find a way to just beat ourselves. Um, and it's not one person. It's all five of us in the last two, three minutes of the game, even before um, just not doing our job. So we get put in these positions that we have to go um, down to the wire. And it shouldn't be like that. Um, you know, to win close games, you, you need to be as solid as possible and, and, and not commit errors that beat yourself, right? You, you want to force your opponent to beat you. And I think just some turnovers, some costly turnovers that, that they didn't necessarily earn, those possessions, balls dribbled out of bounds. Maybe a couple of times we committed to some drives that weren't there, that ended up in their hands. And then a couple of fouls down the stretch, I think just they caught up with us. Treat Monday like every Monday, grind it out, watch some film, look at some areas that we can continue to get better at. Right now we're playing really good basketball for 25 to 30 minutes. And we got to get to a point where we can put 40 minutes together um, on both sides of the ball. And I think right now we just have guys kind of taking turns, getting out of whack a little bit with our execution on either side of the ball, and it's costing us, right? That's where turnovers came from, and, and that's why they shot such a high percentage in the first half. So we just got to tighten up. We just got to keep growing, keep working, and, uh, and and try to improve as much the rest of this month as possible, and maybe February is our month. The Grizz have to hope so because they have uh, not only gotten off to what has been a lackluster start, 3-5 and five in league play, but their inability to close out games is the thing that's killed them. I mean, they had late missed free throws against Eastern Washington, lose. Late missed free throws against Weber State and then give up a steal into a buzzer beater, and I guess uh, almost buzzer beater, a three-pointer with a second left to play, and lose. They lose to Northern Arizona by a point in overtime. And then they lose by three points in the final minute, basically, against Montana State. I mean, that's four games right there coming down to the final possessions, and they're just not figuring out a way to close it out. So we'll see if they can turn a corner as they go on the road. What's next for these two teams? The ladies are at home. Lady Grizz hosts Sac State Thursday and Portland State on Saturday. The Bobcat women host Portland State on uh, Thursday and then Sac State on Saturday. The Grizz men are at SAC on Thursday and at Portland State on Saturday. And the men are on, on Thursday, excuse me. I'm going to try that again. Men at SAC State and then Portland State. The Cats are at Portland State and then SAC State. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications for their presenting sponsorship of the Montana Basketball Hour. Blackfoot Communications has been serving Montana homes for more than six decades, providing communities with new and better ways to communicate in 
an ever ever changing world with their expanding high capacity fiber network and innovative voice solutions. Blackfoot Blackfoot's customers have access to the latest technologies backed by 24-7 technical support. To learn more about how Blackfoot can provide the right service for your business, visit goblackfoot.com. We are down to the final four teams in the NFL. We'll give you divisional round recaps and conference championship game previews the Monday afternoon quarterback. Sands coach Marty next. You want us now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delans of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.